Hello, friends. This is Kirk Henderson. Welcome to an absolutely incredible edition of Group Therapy. Now, I hope everybody has collected themselves following Dirk Nowitzki's jersey retirement ceremony. The Mavericks also, also beat the crap out of the Golden State Warriors. There's a lot we can talk about. I'm not going to direct the conversation. I want you guys to come up here, talk about the things that you're feeling, talk about the things that you're thinking of, and let's just have a great fucking time. Because here's the thing. You don't be a fan of a sports team like we have for this long and not revel in the things that make you feel good. This was one of the the end notes. Like It's, it's kind of like the end of uh, The Return of the King where the movie just never ended. Um, it took like 15 minutes where they just kept doing different things. We're okay. I'm okay with that though. I loved it then and I love it now. You know, first Dirk retired his jersey ceremony or his uh, retirement ceremony uh, was incredible. Now we have this. And then the next thing we have after this is um, his Hall of Fame enshrinement because we aren't going to be there. The fans aren't going to be there. Uh, there's an, a, a, an entire arena full of people cheering for Dirk that stayed an extra hour. It's just incredible. Um, I'm as moved. Um, Ooh, I'm as moved as I can be uh, with something like this going on. It was really, really a lot of fun. And I want to hear you guys come up on stage and talk about uh, what you uh, what you were thinking about. So let's just go first. Uh, be sure to invite yourself up. Uh, remember, it instamutes you, and then we will talk about things for a few minutes. Okay, coming up first is my friend Josh. Josh, what's going on? Dude, what's going on, Kurt? How was it? Were you there? Please tell me you were there. Uh, I was at the game. I'm driving home right now. I hope I hope you guys can hear me. My connection might not be the best. Yeah, you sound great. Um, I'm a mess. Uh, the, I, I I feel I feel as ugly as that game was. I feel as ugly as that statue is. Um, but I don't care. Um, I was at Dirk's last game uh, against the Phoenix Suns, and I was at this game tonight, and I feel like uh, I don't know. I feel like my life is complete. I don't know. This was awesome. Um, I, uh, Dirk was drafted in 1998 when I was 10 years old. Um, I was born in 1988. Uh, he's the reason I'm an NBA fan. He's the reason I'm a fan of the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I, I cannot talk about Dirk Nowitzki in any sort of, uh, unbiased way. Uh, he's, he's, when the phrase "don't meet your heroes," when people say that, uh, that applies to everyone but Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, I met him once. Um, it was at a Dallas Stars playoff game. Uh, he, I, I, one of my friends works for the Dallas Stars, and we had a, a box next to Dirk Nowitzki, Brian Cardinal, and Vince Carter. Um, I, I'm sorry, this is going to be a ramble, Kirk. I hope you, I'm just going to apologize, Vince. Go right uh, on ahead. That's the whole. I, I, uh, this was this was in 2013. Uh, the Mavericks had been eliminated from from playoff contention. Um, Dirk, Brian Cardinal, and Vince Carter were sitting in a in a Dallas Stars uh, suite box next to the one me and my friend were at, and we were we were losing our minds. And after the game, uh, Dirk, Vince Carter, and Brian Cardinal were absolutely hammered. Um, I met Vince Carter. He couldn't care less about interacting with fans. Brian Cardinal was exactly how you would imagine he would be. And Dirk Nowitzki was mobbed by about 150 people. And he took photos and talked with every single one of them. Um, I, I, he deserves all the good things. Um, and tonight was a good thing. Uh, 
I wish we could do more good things for this band. So that's all I really have to say. Uh, I appreciate all Mavs fans. I appreciate anybody who, who was at the game tonight. I appreciate anyone who, who couldn't make the game but wanted to because um, I, I know what, it, what it's like to, to, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just rambling. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, I, hope, I hope everybody could feel the love because I certainly did. That's Me too, it. Josh. Thanks for coming. I'm really glad you got to go to the game. I'm real. I hope to hear. Um, I hope to hear from more people who were kind of at the game, though. I understand if not. I, I tried to wait a little while, but I, I had a. Um, I had a, I had a room planned. Josh, I'll see you soon. I hope. Talk soon. Um, coming up next, then we have who do we got? Let's go with Chris. Hi, Chris. How you doing? Hey, Kirk. How you doing? I am okay. I'm okay. okay. I'm. I'm. A, I'm. I'm this is just, I'm a little drained, but in a good way. This has been such a good day. Now, going to the game, uh, I, I didn't go to the game, but just the game itself, just what, I mean, I didn't think any of us thought we were going to beat the Warriors, but just spanking them and then just the ceremony. I've been looking forward to the ceremony ever since, you know, we were knowing about him getting his jersey retired. It's just, uh, God, man, it's just, it's just crazy. Because I've been a Mass fan since the tail end of the second season with Michael Finley and Nash. And then, you know, the next year in 01, they won the playoffs against the Jazz. And then, you know, I lived in D.C. for a couple of years when I was in the Marines. And I've seen him against Michael Jordan, like I've said before on this podcast. Uh, just crazy. I just, I've seen so many games, like with Dirk, been the game four of the NBA Finals. Just, I wish I, w- I could have met him, got his autograph or something, but that's okay because I've just been to so many games, so many great memories. And he's just one of those players that just, damn, just deserved a championship. I mean, he worked for it, too, you know, just his competitiveness, his determination, and his loyalty to the Mavericks. I mean, we're always just going to love him. He's just going to have a statue out there. He's got his jersey in the and the Raptors. It's just – it's it, this is – I, I don't even know what to say. This is just – it's just awesome. And, oh, man, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm just glad they won tonight to not – you know, I, I thought we, were, we might have lost by 20 or 30, but thank God, you know, Luca was playing pretty good tonight and uh, just – they did Dirk proud, so it's, this is awesome, you know. So, uh, yeah, God. So, all right, let me ask you a game-related question. Oh man, and I just got the uh, I got an incredible notification that my headset is dying, which I don't know how. <laughs> this this is it's just real real professional um, podcasting going you gotta on. Gotta have those chargers next to you. <laughs> I mean, I had the thing in the case for an hour and a half. I clearly needed to plug it in. I plugged my phone in. That's pretty important. Yeah. Um, so what do you think of this Mavericks defense? That's that's the game related question because I don't know how to deal with it. That's what I'm saying. Like uh, I was saying that last time was on um, the green room. Uh, just our defense this whole year. I mean, we've kind of you know we've been missing some players because of the COVID thing. You know, Luke was out. I mean, Luke is not obviously a great defender, but just overall, I don't know what's going on. But we're just playing good defense. Uh, I mean, this is this is awesome. But God, we're shooting like dog shit on the three point line the whole year. Um, I guess Tim Hardaway Jr. I'm not even looking at the stats right now with Tim Hardaway Jr., but he, I, I don't think he had a great shooting night again. I don't know. The first half, it was just nuts. It was 21% from the three-point line. I mean, but and the, the Warriors were 6% from the three-point line in the first half, so we kind of got bailed out there. They just had a bad, bad shooting night. But, I mean, we are playing good on defense, like we said. So this is this is a good sign. We just got to get another playmaker. Like, it just it kills me thinking about Seth Curry being gone, you know, just having – because Dorian Finney-Smith are getting these open looks, and I'm glad he's hitting his shots lately, and Reggie Bullock's hitting his shots. But, damn, we need to get t- – Tim Hardaway Jr. Just, he's just 
start hitting his three pointers, you know, I mean, sometimes if he's like, he's just like an impulsive shooter, just kind of like, uh, kind of rushes his shot too much, kind of like awkward lean, lean in shots. Have you noticed that? I mean, throughout the season, I mean, the shooting thing with Tim, I don't know what to do because it feels like, number one, I'm a little bit biased because Tim might be one of my more favorite players um, just because of how I hated him when he came on board and I just kind of grew to love him. Um, I don't know. I just can't help but think he's going to swing around. I mean, even tonight he finished 6 of 14, which okay, 6 of okay. 14 is a step in the right direction if you've looked at Okay. Yeah. And he's, you know, I think he plays better. Like I said, when he comes off the bench, uh, but yeah, we, we just got to get another playmaker. I, I, I'm really having this feeling that they're going to go for it at the tread deadline. Hopefully we can get something good. I don't know about Ben Simmons because we're already a good defensive team. So that whole Ben Simmons idea, I don't think that would, would be even good right now. And it is he even in shape, you know, so we, we need another, we need another playmaker. I mean, oh man, that'd be awesome if we had Damian Lillard in the summer, you know. Uh, is there anybody off the top of your head? I'm just all thinking about Dirk right now, but is there anybody you can think of that is realistic that we can get on this team as a playmaker alongside Luca? There's a couple of people, but names are slipping my mind because I've had some cocktails and we're, we're talking <laughs> Dirk. Um, Thomas, Thomas Sadoransky is the one who Lauren Gunn and I have wanted for like a year. Um, he's a specific-minded guy, but he's a six-seven guy. He's a wing. He's really lanky. He doesn't look like he'd be a good basketball player. But trust me, I think he would fit with this team. Um, yeah, yeah. I did have one more question before I brought somebody else up. Uh, what was your favorite part? Uh, I mean, just I guess all the stuff he was saying. I mean, he just he just nailed that. He's just a good speaker. I get. It. I don't know. He just it just he's just a very heartfelt person. Just everything came from the heart. I don't know. I'm just. And just all the people that were there. Actually, where was Jason Terry at? Like, I was like. He coaches the Nuggets G League team, to which my thought was, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I, I love me some Jason Terry. But he's Dirk like the extended, Robin Batman, you know? So, like, Jason Terry had to be there, you know? So Dirk, Dirk made his career relevant. Like, t- Terry was a good basketball player, but Dirk gave him a career. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. They, uh, yeah, they're giving Rick Carlisle a call out. Uh, was it Rick Shizzle? Art I never Shizzle. Heard of him that is that is for, Art Shizzle, from here okay. on out. He we will only I will only <laughs> acknowledge people who refer to him as R Shizzle. So just yeah. yeah, I remember on Delonte West they call him Uncle Rick. You know. Well, there's a there's an incredibly old but amazing Twitter account, Jose Thirty Thirty. He used to be one of the only guys who could make gifts on Twitter, and I'm talking like 2008. And he referred to Jan. He, he, he got a screenshot of Dirk and Jan Mahimi hugging, and. He, it's Dirk and Killmonger, and I have ended like I was crying laughing when I saw it because if you go look at it, it does kind of look like Killmonger. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but man, this was an awesome day. This is probably probably one of the best days as a Mavs fan you'll ever have. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime thing, you know. Dirk getting a jersey retired, beat the we the best team in the West. You know, I'm glad Luca's uh, other ankles not. I don't think it's actually hurt, hurt. So I was afraid it was that left ankle that I was like, oh, here we go. Now, Dirk having, or I'm sorry, Luca having both ankles hurt. I'm going to make this joke until I beat it into the ground. But the last, the last, uh, super duper star that the Dallas Mavericks had who had ankle problems just had his jersey retired. So maybe Luca can go. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, keep it up. I think we'll go on a five game winning streak. We're playing the Rockets on Ooh. Friday. I mean, the way we're playing on defense, I mean, 
I, this is good. So love that positive thinking. Thanks so much, Chris. Talk soon. Yes, sir. All right. We're going to be up here a while, guys. Hope everybody's really excited to just hang out for like two hours. Austin, what's up? my? Hit that unmute button. Just the best radio. Hey, hey there we are. Kirk. Yeah, this, this app's obnoxious. How are you? I am. I'm really good. I'm much better than I was even possibly hoping for at the <laughs> Bro, that game was unreal. So I was there. Um, I went to the actual retirement game, too, so I kind of saw both sides of it. Um, I was actually lucky enough. I have the 10-game season ticket package, so I was just, like, super lucky to have this That's game. That's amazing. Yeah, right? Um, but, no, it was, it was incredible. I mean, the game itself was, you know, obviously kind of sloppy. Um, yeah, neither teams were shooting well at all and whatnot, and, Toscano was trying to harass Luca for a bit. Curry wasn't shooting well, and it just seemed like Draymond was trying to get ejected at some point. It almost seemed like they were throwing the game in honor of Dirk. Um, but the game itself was incredible. I'm shocked that we won and very happy about that. But overall, I would say you know the game itself, comparative to the actual retirement game, was much less like emotionally draining. It was more like you just felt happy. Like everyone there was just smiling and like having a good time and high five each other, much less emotionally draining than the actual retirement game. And then I would say the statue, um, it's, it's unique for sure. I've, you know, been to the Staples center and seen the statues there and whatnot. And usually, you know, like those and Jordan at the United center, it's just, it's nothing special. So it is different, but I think it's kind of cool at the same time. Um, but no, it was all awesome. Uh, Game was great. Ceremony was great. Did and, you buy uh, any merch? I, just, I did, yeah. I bought the uh, white Dirk jersey with the German flag mm. on the back and the white hat with the jersey on the front. So they had some pretty good merch out there too. But it was incredible all around, and I just hope this gives Luca more of a reason to stick around and see if he can you know, be Dirk 2.0 at the time he retires. But no, it was incredible. So I'm not going to be a downer. I'm going to be a downer. I'm a lying sack of shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's so beautiful what they did tonight, but I also think it's just an astounding amount of pressure. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? Anyway, I do think, like, there's just so many funny moments in the ceremony tonight. I'm not sure where you were sitting, but, like, I have children that are within – children, I have one child in front of me – that is within the age range of Dirk's kids, and watching his kids get tired <laughs> and, like – we're we're in the corner of the lower bowl. My wife sitting next to me. We're due February second. Kid's name's Nash, so shout out to Nash. But wow. um, yeah, but like my wife was just staring at his kids, like laughing her ass off. She's like, "Wow, they have such a beautiful family." His kids don't want to be here. They go to bed. Like, no, they go to bed. You put children. Yeah, in, like, children. like like if yeah. if any of you monsters have have five year olds that stay up past eight o'clock, yeah. you're you're crazy town people. Yeah. His, His kids, kids had were so zero interest. Yeah, it was hilarious to watch them. Yeah, that was that was kind of giving everyone a laugh in the arena. So no, that was that was. Good. Man, I loved it. Um, it, what I'm searching for is a human being who bought the gold jacket, the gold set. Right. Just incredible. I would yeah. never wear it, but I want one. Like it reminded <laughs> me of something that uh, Ryan Gosling would wear in Baby Driver or whatever the hell yeah, that movie is. Yeah. So, like, beforehand, my wife was on the website, and she's like, wow, those jackets sold out quick. And I actually have the green one that's pretty similar. You have it in your profile, the By Way of Dallas one. 
yeah, yeah. And I was like, those gold ones are ugly as hell. And then I saw like a good hundred of them in the arena. I was like, okay, those are actually pretty dope. But the gold jerseys are not it. They look kind of weird. But no, I, I got the white one. But no, it's, it's all great. It was a great event. Again, not as sad as the retirement game. But no, it was, it was all good feels around. Everyone's happy. The kids were funny. It was all Yeah, awesome. it's a real – and um, I'm gonna just, I, I have to make this joke. I just can't help myself. My favorite <laughs> part was that the video ended in 2011. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dirk played several more years past that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, well. It was all fun. Well, like, thanks for joining what, Austin. I appreciate you. Yeah, my, my wife was like, why isn't Kid in it more? And I was like, well, I mean, him and Nash are the closest, not so much Kid. But, no, it was good all around. Good game, everything. Great win. But, uh, no, I appreciate the time. Have you a good too, night. and good luck with the baby on the way because uh, life changes. <laughs> yep. Talk soon. All right, coming up next, we got my man Aaron. How we doing, Aaron? Hit that unmute button and uh, tell us your piece, even though you, you still have that dang – NFT is your profile. <laughs> hey, can you actually hear me this I time, can, Kirk? Sound great. Wow, because I like the last four times this app has always messed up, so I gave up on trying to get on here anymore. Anyways, uh, actually, tonight's a great night to bring it up. The last time I tried to join this uh, space was when the announcement of tonight was made for the Dirk Jersey retirement, and you did a mid-afternoon group. And you wanted us to share our best Turk memories, which I was unable to do at the time. Well, tell me. So, yes, that's what I would do. It was actually on the video tribute tonight. And it was uh, the second round after we beat Utah, that first Dirk playoff run where he had his tooth knocked out. I want to say it was game four, maybe game three against the Spurs. They only gave me one that series. And came back in, and I think he put up like 35 or 40 that night. But that was the moment that Dirk arrived as a superstar, in my moment, in my opinion. His teeth were fucked up. <laughs> I'd forgotten how gross it was, and someone showed it, and there was a video of it, and I'm just like, that wasn't one tooth. That was that was like his announcement to the world. Like I'm for real. I'm not soft. I'm a legit bad motherfucker. You gotta watch out for. Man, I was just, it's, there's so many, there's so many. And I, I, I suppose I'm just kind of at the point in my life where I really lean in on nostalgia where, you know, I heard Cuban on the radio today. He talked about why they don't really want to require retire Mark Aguirre's Jersey. And I'm just like, I get, you don't want to do what they just did for Dirk, but can we please do something more things where they celebrate fun? We just don't have enough, like, Man, I, the last two years have fucking sucked, man. And I just, I want to lean into things that make me happy. That's why I do these dumb things, even though it, it's, you know, we're all, you know, we're all mad here, so to speak. And so it's just like, I want more of that. Like that was just endorphins for like 45 minutes. I loved it. No, oh, dude, you're so right. And I heard his interview on the ticket today and it makes me cringe. And that's what, that's what sucks about this year. And that's what was so great about tonight is, Dude, like, Cuban's almost ruining the Mavs for me, and it sucks. But tonight was fucking great, seeing the Dirk thing. And, like, Cuban goes all out to, you know, respect Dirk because that's about his only way of getting goodwill now. But you know what? I mean, I totally teared up during that video tonight, and it was great. I was at the final home game. I wish I could have been there tonight, but I was on a COVID list, so couldn't make it. But 
I mean, it's awesome. Fuck Cuban and Gomez. Well, I hope you feel better. I hope you're doing all right. We'll talk soon, okay, Aaron? Thanks, buddy. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up next, we got my man Greg. Greg, how we doing? You and that damn Jalen Waddle photo. No. Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? So, um, I didn't realize this until after the game. Look at the box score. Lucas box score 28, 7, and 8 equaled 41, and I just found that pretty cool. And for someone that not local with the Mavs, just the whole ceremony, it was just great to see because with all the pageantry and seeing all the players there and Dirk being able to make laughs, it was just a fun thing to see all together. And it's just, we, we've, I grew up as a Dan Marino fan first and foremost in 16 years, never winning a championship. And Dirk's the first player I was after that, that I liked for a favorite player. And I was one in the longest time. I'm not saying I didn't think he'd win one. I was like, Oh, I would really like one, one championship for a player I root for. And 2011 came around and that was just magic. And I'm just glad we could be for the ride. Me too, man. And you know, it's funny, when I watched 2011 happen, I lived in a 500-square-foot apartment with my wife and my huge dog, and I had, you know, I was working a shitty job I hated, and I didn't have anybody to celebrate with. And I remember just, like, this kind of overwhelming sense of just relief, but not necessarily joy. And it's a little thing, but... Like being able to celebrate tonight with people, and it's part of why. Like lots of people are like, oh, Kirk, why didn't you go to the game? Because I mean, I could buy the ticket. I could go. I really could have gone as media. They would have let me go, um, but I didn't want to. Like I'm, I would have rather talked with you guys. I would have rather kind of spent it with the people because, you know, not all of us got to go, and it, a lot of us, you know, people who watch sports with the kind of passion that we do are often like people give you the side eye. <laughs> You know, it's kind of hard to explain. And and it's just it was really fun to get to like watch this and relive it and kinda, you know, e- even even though Mark Cuban wore skinny jeans, even though he played a Green Day song at the end of the thing, which I think was called Good Riddance, like it like, just, like it was so much fun all the same. And I just I, I really I, I was really enjoying it. Yeah, I just like hearing the symphony play and then hear it during the retirement and then the end of that video with all the players and coaches and FIBA people playing it for the interlude. It's just cool that you can hear connections make because we're all connected by Dirk and it's something that no one can take away from us. Damn right. Well, thanks for joining Greg. Thank you, Kirk. Talk soon. Okay. Coming up next, we got get jiggy which is not your actual name, but I appreciate the ability to beat the uh, the system. How are we doing? You unmuted yourself. That's half the battle. All right. We'll see if we can invite you up here in a little bit, if it will let you talk. All right. Coming up next is Brandon. How are we doing, Brandon? Hopefully slightly sauced. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sober. Why? <laughs> well, I had to drive home from the game. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> you being responsible. Oh gosh. So, I mean, even aside from the game, I just wanted to get up here and gush about Dirk. Um, that guy is my absolute hero. Um, 
I, so for reference, I'm 23. So I until he Disgusting. retired, I had never seen. <laughs> I had never seen a Mavericks team without Dirk. He is, I mean, just every greatest sports player ever in Dallas. And I'm so glad we gave him the best possible celebration. It was outstanding. And just watching him was just amazing. I certainly had a lot of fun. I had more fun. You know, I put together, I hope you guys listened to the podcast that I did yesterday. I just like grabbed, I, I DM'd like 35 people at like two o'clock yesterday afternoon and six or seven or eight got back to me. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, go do. I'm sort of surprised with how cynical I am as a person with how emotional a lot of this has made me. Um, it was just fun. It was just like, like it was really, it was like, it was really cathartic. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many people watch that ceremony. Like where the, you know, where you have to, you had to kind of go through hoops to really find it if you're a Mavs fan, but those that did, it was, it was worth it. You know, it was, it was over the top. I don't even care. It was outstanding. Absolutely. Also, yes, great pod uh, yesterday. Um, definitely recommend listening to it if anybody, anybody here appreciates or loves Dirk like uh, we do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, just my favorite memory uh, to kind of go off of what some people have added here. It For me, so I used to be a, a ball Ball kid for the Mavericks, so like you know the kids um, out there that sweep up the like. How are you not? How are you telling me this now? You've talked to me for a year. What is happening? I, I don't know. I'm normally pissed off at a game. That doesn't. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, so my my favorite one was my first year. It was that season where the Mavs had to get to 500 to shave their beards and whatnot. And that like forty point game against the Bulls, where it was like him and Nate Robinson going back and forth, and he hits that three point dagger. Oh, that was just amazing watching. Because I think he was on a very short list of thirty five plus year olds that had ever scored forty points or more. Mm, yes, yes, I remember this. Okay, you're right. So that yeah, I, mean, there we go. I had, I just wanted to get up here and gush about Dirk. Uh, also, great game. Um, so glad we didn't sour the game with like a thirty-point loss. I was really worried about that. Um, I think I was expecting if we won, it was going to be like the spirit of Dirk just having us be on fire from three-point. But I guess like Dirk's defensive energy <laughs> guided us for the night. Yeah, the swipe down, the swipe down really, you know, exactly. Jason Kidd made a joke about the blocks, like high number of Dirk's blocks, and it's because of the swipe down. I mean, the defense is incredible. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't want to, like, talk it up because there's just something to do with the effort. I'm appreciative of that, and I don't want to misstate it because I, I would much rather them just – I just don't care how they get wins at this point. Get more wins. Do something – like I, I wrote a really kind of pie in the sky, happy ass column in response to something that Xavier wrote for our site. Whenever we were like, whenever things were really shitty, it's just you know, it's, it, no, it's after the really good Clippers win. But then right after that, everything went to hell for the Mavericks. And I wrote this like happy ass column about how I think now is the time to go for it. The NBA is weird. 
it can't be stated enough that the NBA is weird where you just can't really predict, you know, you can build like the nuggets in theory, two years ago, if they were, if they were to keep their team together from two years ago, they should be cruising to a title. It's just not how shit works. So you have to sometimes get lucky. It's better to be lucky than be good. And tonight the Mavs were lucky in some respects in the three point shooting and they won the game. I'm delighted. Oh yeah. Every three-pointer that Steph put up there because almost all of them were like in and out I like had an audible gasp when it, and like sigh of relief whenever it, it uh whenever he mm-hmm. missed but um I think the only other thing I have is if on the defense is in our early season like discourse about the Mavs like shot quality and what type of shots we were getting and how bad the offense was etc I do remember – I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I remember writers like Tim Cato and I think maybe Iztok, uh, they did note that the Mavericks were actually giving up like one of the best quote-unquote shot quality yep. charts on defense and that teams were just kind of outperforming expectations. I would agree that I think the communication and effort is definitely better. Uh, I went to the Nuggets game on Monday as well, and I mean just – Everybody is much more on a string than I've seen before, but I do think the defense is at least somewhat legit. I mean, not like a top five defense or anything, but maybe like top 12. I mean, I will settle for not garbage fire. Is that, you know, I think we are not garbage fire. Give me, give me 10 to 20. I'm not a greedy man. I mean, I am a greedy man, but in this instance, I'm just not going to be greedy about this, but thank you for joining Brandon. I appreciate you. Thanks. Okay, before I come up, I see a particular uh, longtime Twitter friend of mine lurking. Uh, I see her listening. I hope she comes up on stage because I would love to hear her favorite Dirk Nowitzki memory, whatever. Because we're going to talk about whatever the hell you guys want to. We can talk about this game. We can talk about anything uh, because I'm having a great time. All right, coming up next, uh, we have Mavs Moneyball contributor Xavier Santos. How you doing, Xavier? I'm doing well. All things considered, I'm doing well. So, um. I don't really have too many thoughts on the games. It's a regular season game during COVID, so whatever. Nothing nothing long-term to be drawn from that. But I just want to talk about Dirk. Because, see, like I said, I'm different than the average Mavs fan. I've never been to Dallas, Texas. I've never been to a game at the, at the arena. I mean, I watch them on the road, but I've never been there. And, you know, my other teams are the, the Yankees. I've been to all the parades. The Giants, I've been to all the parades. But the Mavs and Dirk in particular – I've always been a fan of them, but like in my own little bubble, you know what I'm saying? But yet that 2011 title is the one that has always meant the most to me for some reason. Now, it's funny when we won the title 2011, I was actually living in Miami. So I went to a bar by myself because I didn't know any other Mavs fans and we won the championship. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I got myself kicked out of the bar because I was talking cash. We're talking game six. Game six. Yeah. Game six. Yes. You were in Miami at the yeah, I was yeah, I was living in Miami. I went to a sports bar. I got kicked out because I was belligerent and I was the asshole celebrating, high fiving himself over in the corner. But I loved it. But um, my favorite memories of Dirk are kind of like when he gets. I always felt like Dirk was always underrated, right? I always saw Dirk as like a hipster band, right? He was my superstar, and yeah, the general public never truly appreciated him the way that I did. But in my eyes, he was on the same pedestal as Kobe and D-Wade and Tim Duncan. And I didn't care that nobody else recognized it. He meant that much to me. So, like, the All-Star game when he dunked, 
it was a regular alley-oop, but just seeing his peers just jump off the bench and celebrate a regular alley-oop, just an appreciation of him. That kind of, that made me feel good because I'm like, you know what? His peers respect him. His peers understand how great he is. You know, um, his last year's farewell tour, he was, he was playing in Boston and we were actually, I think we were getting blown out in Boston, but the Celtics fans, the home fans there, they were rooting so hard for Dirk to hit a shot. I mean, they were literally chanting, like, pass Dirk the ball. Now, he was washed up at that point, and he went, like, 0 for 11. But just seeing the opposing crowds, just they knew that was the last time they'd ever get to see him play. They were cheering. They just wanted to see him make a basket. And just seeing, you know, another fan base just appreciate it. It made me feel good because I always knew how I felt about Dirk. But it was nice to kind of see another fan base, you know, cherish him the way that I did. Um, so it's just things like that. You know, and look, I. I understand why Dirk never got the acclaim that we felt he should get because of who, who his contemporaries were, right? He's playing against Duncan. He's playing against Kobe. He's playing against D-Wade in his prime. Those players were always going to get more shine than him, right? And now, that 2011 run, it cemented his place in the game. And my biggest regret is that he didn't have another opportunity to showcase himself in the years after 2011, right? So while D Wade and Duncan and Kobe, they were going after, you know, they were competing at the highest level in these really amazing playoff series. Dirk never got that opportunity to kind of, to, to kind of double up, you know what I'm saying? And because of that, he was never going to be mentioned in those conversations just because look, the casual fan, they watch TNT. None of them are tuning into league pass to watch Dirk play next to OJ Mayo to appreciate how truly great he is. We weren't really on national TV. We weren't in any big playoff matchups the last decade. So, of course, he was always going to slide under the radar. But that just made me kind of appreciate him more and just watching him night to night. Look, I, I'm not a fanboy. Like, I've, I've, I've met plenty of professional players living in Miami. I partied with them. I know them. I know a few. I've never been a fanboy. But Dirk and Derek Jeter, but mostly Dirk, if I ever got to meet him, I, I would fanboy out. You know what I'm saying? Just because he's always meant that much to me. And just, you know, taking the pay cuts. You know, no no superstar does. See, there are superstars who say they care about winning and that it's team first. And then there are players like Dirk who actually do it, who actually sacrifice tens of millions of dollars in the name of winning. You know what I'm saying? Whereas you see these modern-day stars and it's, I'm going to get the bag first. And then if I happen to win along the way, great. But I'm going to get the bag first. Dirk was never that way. He left so much money on the table. He was working damn near minimum wage towards the end of his <laughs> career just because just he wanted to win another title because it meant that much to him and he knew how much it meant to the city. And for that, I'll always appreciate him because he's the embodiment of what you want a superstar to be. And there'll never be another one like him, you know. And the only one that I can think of is maybe Curry, you know, um, who has the potential to play his entire career with one team. Um but yeah, man, he's just he's one of a kind, man. Look, he's never been the greatest public speaker, so I knew that tonight's ceremony was gonna be awkward because he's a naturally awkward person. You know, he's a person it seems like he never got used to being seven foot tall and famous. He's relatable. Yeah, and I could tell he was he was trying his best to to not seem uncomfortable, but we can tell. This he did not not that he didn't want to be there, but he was wildly uncomfortable being the center of attention in that way. But I, I think you saw, especially when they were showing the 2011 run, you saw that those were the moments where his face kind of changed a little bit because the, that was the time in his life that 
it was validation for him, right? It meant the most to him. It meant the most to us. So you can tell that those highlights just hit a little bit different. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, that's the end of my rant. I just, honestly, I love Dirk, man. And it's, he's just awesome. And, you know, I think that we put a lot of pressure on Luca because it's, it's hard to go from having the perfect superstar in every way. And we want to project that on Luca. And it's a lot of pressure, but hopefully with him being in attendance, he sees what playing his entire career in one place and bringing a title to that city can do for your legacy. How how beloved you'll be, and how you'll be a fucking legend forever. You know what I'm saying? And hopefully that that just registered a little bit with Luca. And you know, as fans, you know, we just gotta understand he's not Dirk, and that's okay because guess what? No one else has ever been Dirk. So that's all. That's the end of my rant. Man, you're you're gonna be a pain in the ass to follow up. Love that, Xavier. Thanks for joining. No doubt, man. See you, Kirk. All right. Coming up next, Jason. Good luck following Xavier. Just kidding, buddy. How you? Uh, doing great. I mean, obviously, great game. I mean, I don't know. I mean, great game. Dodo did really great, but I mean, we're not here to talk about the game, at least for the most part, at least. I, I'll go on a little bit of my own rant after X Xavier. So, I mean, when I just think about it, I like, I just always admired Dirk just as a fan because he's so genuine. He always just seemed like a guy, just a dude. He is awfully amazing at basketball, but I don't know. You could just tell from the way he spoke to the media, the way he was a great team. Like he just seems so genuine, but he's also just not part of that basketball fraternity, the part of the AU culture with, you know, LeBron and D Wade or maybe even Kobe at times. And then I just think I relate that to some of my own NBA fandom where, you know, I'm such an extreme fan. I mean, I'm talking a fucking Spotify green room at 11 o'clock at night and but, I mean, such intense fan watch every game, been on Math Moneyball for 10, 12 years or so. And then, you know, not really talking to that many people, like, I'm a fan or, like, someone living in Dallas. It's like, I never was really that great at sports myself. And it's just, I don't know, I'm rambling a little bit here. But just seeing Dirk, he just being genuine to himself, not, I think they said this a couple times, Dirk was genuine to himself. He never changed who he was. And then I, I just really, really respected that. And it's not just not just the not just the player, just all his accolades, all his stats. As an analytics guy, I love all the stats. He's so efficient, obviously. But as a person, what he meant to this community, like I will never forget the fact that I actually I actually mailed Dirk a Yao Ming postcard because I mean I'm Asian, right? So I I love Yao Ming. And so, for some reason, Dirk signed a Yao Ming postcard. It's so freaking dumb. I love this. <laughs> Did, did you hear – have you had a chance to listen to my show from yesterday that had uh, – I listened to a part of it, yeah. So Dalton Trigg sent his wife and him at a New Orleans Mavs game, basically gave him a post, like, their wedding invitation. And wow. just kind of, like, offhand. Two weeks later, they got it back in the mail. Damn. Yeah, I mean, Dirk is just so generous with his time. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the community, I I think I only met him once, but it was amazing. Just outside a Mavs game, like, I don't know, like two hours before, like, pregame, warm-ups and whatnot. I just waved hi to Dirk. He just said hi to me. Like, not a really long conversation or anything, but just, like, I don't know, he's just so genuine, such a great guy. And, I don't know, I'm so proud to be a fan. I don't know. I didn't watch necessarily through all the 2000s. 
and continuously get to see all the struggles. But I mean, during this 2010 to 2020, all these times, all these shitty teams was fucking Eddie Curry, OJ Mayo, like, like all these shitty teams that Mark Cuban surrounded him with. And they just kept dragging this sad, this franchise to the playoffs somehow. 50 wins every season, every single year. He just raised the standard and just amazing. Just amazing. 41 forever, guys. Have a good night. Thanks for joining. Glad you came up. All right. Coming up. Mr. Williams, thank you for joining us tonight. How are you doing? Did you stay, you're staying up awfully late for us uh, to, to hang out, but hit that unmute button and, and tell us what's going on. What's up, guys? How you doing? Well, thank you for Yes. Um, just wanted to say that it's kind of amazing because I've never in the Dallas, I've never watched a Mavericks game live, but I've never watched an NBA game live. But it's so crazy how I feel like I'm just connected to Dirk in no sense. Like, I just feel like he's my best friend because when he won, it's like I won. When he got married, it's like I got married. When he got kids, it's like I feel like I got kids too. So when his jersey retired tonight, it was like, damn, there goes my number in the rafters too. So for some reason, he just feels like my best friend. It's not a no. It, it's not just for some reason, man. It's part of what makes him so special. And I understand that there are superstars from his generation that people probably, you know, there's there's your Kobe's, there's Tim Duncan, there's Kevin Garnett to a degree. But there's something about Dirk, and it's really hard to kind of put put what it is on uh, specifically, but. There was a way that he and the Mavericks at the time, and I think it's largely through their struggles. Yeah. Their struggles were so fucking relatable. And particularly as I get older, I'm just like, man, what Dirk went through as both a player and as a person are really, really relatable. Yeah. He struggled to get where he wanted to go, and then he got there, and then it's just like, for me, for me particularly, I don't know about you, love to hear from you on this, but for me, it's like, okay, if he can do it, Maybe I can too. Yeah, Dirk is definitely like some sort of mo- like motivator. Like, of course, I won't be playing any basketball, but I just feel like after years of being told like he's too soft, he doesn't have any defense, stuff like that, he literally gained respect just after he like um he won. So after that is like his peers started to like gloat about him and like everybody just started to recognize him like the way that he should be when i thought of it since like oh two i always like man this 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 dude is great but um one of my favorite memories of dirk was i think it was a playoff game in phoenix i remember claire's day i probably was like 15 years old tim thomas blew him a kiss and that pissed Dirk all the way fucking off. He proceeded to drop like 50. <laughs> so I don't know if you listen to the Step Back Mavs podcast. It's Dalton Trigg's show over there at uh, DallasBasketball.com. Mm-hmm. That was the first game he ever went to. His family just happened to be at town, and he went to that game. <laughs> like, what a crazy first game to go to. <laughs> Because I was like, wait, dude, it was so crazy. I was like, oh, yeah, but this white dude is fucking crazy. You don't want no dude blowing kiss on him. He went fucking high, bro. I was like, I love that game. But, yeah, Dirk is um, he's 
a hero. He deserves all the flowers, man. He's he's awesome. Like I really like him. Nobody wants to talk about the game, but I think Dwight Powell is taking a step in the right direction. Even though we still don't want to see him at that position, but I feel like he he last couple of games like Dwight Powell's been doing real good too. It's interesting. I I agree with you because I think Marquise Chris has pushed him in the right way. Yeah. Uh, Chris is va- has been very valuable in his minutes, but Dwight Powell has also kind of snatched back some time where those of us who have watched him for four years and sort of wanted to, to casually eject into the sun. Oh, man, I love that. Brandon Taylor in the comments just noticed we're inching closer to April Dwight Powell. <laughs> 75% shooting at the rim, That's Dwight right. Powell. Man, thank you so much, man. You guys enjoy Thanks the night. Thanks, too. Appreciate you coming up. Okay, coming up next, we got Sam. Hey, Sam, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Kurt? I am great. Thank you for joining again. Oh no, most definitely. Um, I I got a lot to say, but I'll try to keep it. You know, I'll try to keep it down. I don't want to. That's okay. Go for. All right. Well, first, I'll talk about the game a little bit. You know, it's funny. I didn't even realize it until I looked it up. Do you realize the Mavs are second in the West as far as points given up per game? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I'm kind of concerned long term, but I don't want to shit on anything. Yeah, I mean, maybe I shouldn't have brought it up, but I just looked and I said, that can't be right. And I said, well, I'll be damned. I guess they are. Golden State's on the only team giving up. When less, they get even, beat, they get beat like they stole. Yeah, which is, that's the annoying part. But when they win, they, until until recently, they've been pretty, I don't want to say blowing teams out, but they're winning by a pretty healthy margin. So, which is good, which I'll take. But, on the other side, which is kind of bad, they're like second to last in the West for scoring, which, you know, hey, you win games by playing defense, and hopefully they can keep it up, and we'll, you know, we'll see what's going on from there. But that that's enough about the game. Um, as far as Dirk is concerned, like, I'm 33. So when I was younger, I didn't really get into sports until probably about around, like, the year 2000-ish, give or take. So it really sucked because I, I used to watch Jordan games and stuff like that. And growing up, my favorite player, just because I didn't on at the time, was Shaq. Because I always thought, man, if I grow up to be big like him one day, you know, I could dominate the league too and do this, that, whatever. Obviously, that never happened. But, you know, that was, that was one of my favorite players growing up. And the first game I ever went to, as far as the Mavs game was concerned, I believe was in, I want to say, 97. It was me and my brother and my uncle. And the only reason I remember that game is because there was this guy that was sitting by us that was just yelling so loud, Malone, you fucking suck. And I just that never that never like left my mind. So that's, that's a pioneer. He was correct about Malone. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean we'll, we'll leave it alone with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that 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 was the first game I ever went to. So I think that was the year before they drafted that. So Obviously, just with all the memories he brought to Dallas, I mean, I remember the night that they won the championship. I told you this on um, on Monday. I, I took off work that day, and I just remember just seeing him pump his fist in the air after he made that layup to basically seal the game. And it was like, I, I never cry for anything. Like, I'll never cry for any sports, anything, because my mom taught me not to get invested into stuff like that because at the end of the day, you're a fan. They don't pay you, which is true, because – Whenever the um, the Cowboys lost a playoff game one time, I got so upset I almost I literally punched a hole in the wall. And my mom said, "Why are you getting mad? They don't pay you." And I said, "You're right. They don't pay me. Why am I? Why do I care? <laughs> like, why do I care so much?" 
But then that night just made me realize, well, damn, it's like this guy's been with your team the whole time that you've been up this team. And you could just tell how much you wanted, given all the crap that he had been through with 06, with, um, you know, 07, having the best record when the MVP began knocked down the first round. And a lot of people don't want to talk about this now. You know, you had the whole, like, mistress situation in 08, uh, 09 with that crazy lady that was basically trying to, like, extort him. And, yeah, nobody talks about that. And he still bought out in the playoffs against Denver. That he was, like, 35 I mean, it's probably his best playoff. Like, his best playoff series maybe in his career. Um, and Matt Phillips wrote about this for MavsMoneyBall.com. It was – it's so unfortunate that that happened because Charles like, and then he made some comments about how the, how the nuggets guarded him really well. And Charles Barkley shit all over him. This is just so frustrating because it's like, like Dirk had just taken so many hits. Oh, nine was my personal low point for, for, for fandom. Cause those seven sucked and was upsetting, but I just kept coming back. And oh, nine was just so painful because he did everything he could and it wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough because the Mavs weren't good enough, which is something we should all look towards with the current Mavericks. But that's neither here nor there. Um, and and it was just painful. And and so to see him come back over the top later is is just it's still so remarkable. Yeah, that's that's why I'm just always proud of the fact that he was able to do it here because it's like this man, for as great as he is, you know, he's never been like. Tim Duncan had a Tony Parker and a Manu Ginobili for most of their primes. You know, Kobe had prime Shaq, and then he had a Gasol, an Odom, Bynum, you know, great defensive players. You know, LeBron, obviously, when he joined Miami, he had Wade and Bosch. Then he went to Cleveland and had Kyrie and Kevin Love. Like, these dudes have had great teammates, all-stars, all that. Dirk, what, he only had Steve Nash and Michael Finley a couple times, and then Jason Kidd made an all-star team one time because Kobe got hurt, and that's the only reason he made the all-star team. So here, and then Josh Howard made an all-star team one time, but other, yeah, he he didn't have nothing. Like the fact that he was able to take this team to 50 wins for what 12 years in a row, basically. And what the crazy part is, from like 2000 to 2012, the only teams that won the West were the Mavs, the Spurs, and the Lakers. <laughs> it's so wild to hear out loud. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, the Mavs won it twice. But they won it twice. Nobody else wanted. Not the Kings, not the Suns, nobody. It was those three teams until the Thunder finally broke that streak, which is still, like you said, it's insane thinking about it. But like he did all that. Like he was the reason that people went thought, oh man, Dallas is a, com- a championship contender. Even though those years we were quote unquote struggling, we were still winning fifty plus games, but we were like the sixth seed getting knocked out by New Orleans or getting knocked out by Denver, and then obviously. 2010 happened where we got knocked out by San Antonio as the number two seed. And that still gets me mad as well. They should have played Bob Wild more in game six, but like I said, we'll leave that there. We'll leave that here. But um, it's just like all the memories he brings up. And then even <laughs> that last year, <laughs> that last year, uh, last year when he played and I didn't get to go to the game and I really wanted to, because obviously you could just tell that was going to be it for his final home game against the Suns. But just, Watching it on TV, just seeing everybody just trying to get him shots, and like, like this dude is, he's Dallas. Like, I know this is the Cowboys town. He's the, I don't want to say the most important athlete, but he's the, he just he represents this team, this town. 
No, he might be. He might be the most influential because, I mean, he's just here forever. And basketball is a sport where you don't have your face covered. And, you know, I know that, that like, the Cowboys, like, like Cowboys are just kind of omnipresent the way the Lakers and the way the Yankees are. But people know Dirk. People know Dirk. And, you know, they don't know Quincy Carter. <laughs> like, Tony Romo, I know people really love Tony. But in two years, people, it's just not the same. It's just not. Dirk is the guy. It's like like he could run for office right now, like any office in Dallas, and he would win. He's just that important. Yeah, he's he's that dude, and I mean, I I mean, there's probably there's a couple guys obviously that you can name, but that 2011 playoff run, if it's not top five, it's it's definitely top two to me. Yeah, in my, like you you can't top that being a a team, the Blazers team that nobody thought that they were gonna beat, then they swept the two time champion Lakers. You beat the young up and coming OKC Thunder, and then you beat the big three. And, and, and like he was just efficient. It wasn't like he had, you know, 12 or 26 games. He was insanely efficient in every series. Couldn't miss a free throw. It felt like this dude was a baller. This dude was, dude, I can't even say what I want to say about this man. Like that, this dude is, he's my favorite basketball player of all time. And not just because I live in Dallas, he's just the way he plays, the way he carries himself on and off the court. Dude's humble as hell. As we get further away from Dirk's time, as basketball continues to change and develop, it's going to be very interesting to see how he is covered and talked about. Um, some of the pregame stuff from ESPN was, it was really great. It was really fun listening to how many players have adopted Dirk's patented shot. Um, he's just, He's just flat out influential in a way that is very unique. You know, I know that Kobe Bryant was every single young player's favorite player. Like that's just evident. And I I have no commentary on that whatsoever. But in terms of how people actually played, the way Dirk played is really something that so many players can adopt. Like you're not going to be able to replicate Kobe's six foot six, unbelievable, mind bending athleticism. But can you develop a you know a push fadeaway shot? Yes, you can. Anybody can. Now whether you're good at it is a different story. But it's just a different deal. It's, it's all the way different. I'll, I'll end it on. I mean, I was watching a well a couple. I, was, I saw a couple of things. First, I am happy that the Mavs won the game. I didn't want to be like a Paul Pierce moment where they retired his jersey and then LeBron like blew the Celtics out by like thirty. So yeah, so I'm happy about that. And then um last thing is I was looking at some old clips on YouTube and uh they were at a, I think it was the All Star game in twenty sixteen when Kobe was talking about Dirk. I bet that you know, he was a free agent and he called him. He's like, Hey, listen, I probably know what the answer's gonna be. I have to try and he was like, Listen, I would love for you to join this. And Dirk basically said, Hey, you know, it would be awesome to play with you. I would love to play with you, but I can't leave Dallas. And like that just right there is just like that's just everything you need to know about that. Love it, man. Thanks so much for joining, Sam. Appreciate you coming up. Hey, no problem. Have a good night. All right. Coming up next. <gasps> okay. I, the, he gets to skip the line. Sorry. One of my favorite Twitter followers, part of one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, Jomi Adinaran, Jomi the Explainer from uh, the <laughs> Reverse. Uh, welcome to Group Therapy, somebody. What's going on, man? Good to good to you know 
finally be on. I've been, you know, I'm jumping in here every so often, you know, after a big, after a big game, but it's nice to like, you know, conversate what's going I on. I am having, this is, I, there's not been a lot of joy, even though the Mavericks are 500 and this has just been pure fun. I'm having a, <laughs> for sure. So I came on cause let me just set the stage real quick. I'm a die hard Lakers fan, like from, from, from the jump. So I'm banning right? you from the room. Is that what I'm? <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. Love the Lakers, like basically my whole life. Um, but I ain't gonna hold you, man. Seeing Dirk put his jersey up, I, I was I had a little tear in my eye. I love Dirk. Um, even even though 2011 happened, right? I remember dude could not miss. You know, when they swept the Lakers in 2011. That's still my guy. You know, the the energy he brought to the game, you know, the patented. One leg fall away thing. I was hitting. That was my shot in PE uh, in, in in high school. You know, just ah, ah, just back up. Ah, hit that. Like I don't know, man. There's some. I don't know. Right, you could do it. That's what makes it crazy, right? right? Like I I love super athletic guys. I could never do that shit. No. <laughs> but you know, like a hard push off pivot, like lean back, even if it's ugly. It's insane. It's insane. He's a like, I don't know. Um, we have we talk about you know Kobe and Timmy, all those guys like legendary, and you know Dirk, you know twenty one years, one team. We don't. He's not talked about enough. You know, he's really not talked about enough in you know the past. I know you know one championship, one you know all that stuff. Ah da da. You got it. We you know. He, when we start having these conversations, he, we got to start talking about him as well, because at least, at least for me personally, Dirk is like one of my top ten players like I've ever seen, you know, play. And I legitimately love the dude, and you know, seeing him, you know, gonna get a statue, jersey, you know, the eventual Hall of Fame enshrinement, man, it's beautiful to see, man. It's just beautiful to see. Happy for Dirk. Happy for all you Mavs fans. You know, this is it's crazy. It was really fun. I love it. Um, Jomi, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to have to send you. There's an incredible Funny or Die video that was filmed within about two weeks of the Mavericks sweeping the Lakers back in 2011 <laughs> of this. I can't remember the comedian. He's this incredible comedian who has an amazing Kobe impersonation who blames Pau Gasol. He basically like reenacts Kobe's press conferences where he's like, the orange Gatorade wasn't quenching my thirst. <laughs> it, it, like it's one of, I, I still watch it. Cause it's just like one of those weird, uh, you know, like late, you know, early 2010 videos where, you know, like that whole site would do shit like that. But yeah. yes, I, I am like, Dirk is just such a, a uniquely weird and, and relatable athlete that I'm glad. I hope over time people will appreciate him because it seems like as he as as we get away from things, people like him more, which which mm-hmm. is something that. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember I think my have in 20, like toward the end of Kobe's career, Kobe wasn't playing. Dirk was Dirk hits that game winner in front of Lakers bench. Kobe gives him the debt, you know, like, like just imagine like how, how special you got to be to hit a game winner. Right. When Kobe sitting right there while he's still playing, Kobe's like respect. Like that's the type of level Dirk was on. It was so, that was so cool. That's so that cool. That's so, so cool. Yeah, you can't even be mad at it. You can't even, like as a Lakers fan, you're like, oh man, we lost. But you, you see Kobe give him that respect in real time. Not even like a, Hey, he had a great shot us in the in the post game. Literally on the bench, be like, "Hey, you killed that right there." Ah, oh, 
that's just the best kind of stuff. And it sucks that like, I feel like Kobe would have been there today, like at least in the video, be like, hey, man, we have fights, Dirk. But, you know, I love Dirk competitor, da, da, da. It sucks that he's not there to see it, but, I mean, it's just. Those teams never played each other in the playoffs except for then. I was in college. I went to Pepperdine, and I was – I still remember the bar I was in in 2003 when the Lakers destroyed the Mavericks in their trash bag uniforms. <laughs> it was those old like, things. <laughs> it was one of the more seminal pain or seminal painful moments of my, like, sports fandom because they were wearing, like, these brown trash bag uniforms, and Danny Fortson was getting murdered by Shaq. Ugh, God. Oh. Well, thank you for joining. Of course. Hey, listen, anytime we're showing dark love, I'm going to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. Have a great night, everybody. You too, if anybody doesn't listen to the Ringerverse podcast on the Ringer Network and you like things, I'm just going to call it things because they cover all kinds of fandom. It is by far my favorite podcast on the internet right now it's the only thing i save and make time for lots of other things are you know marked as played downloaded you know you you give your friends their flowers but ringer versus it okay coming up next tyler thanks for thanks for coming up hey what's going on man long time no talk how are you doing what's going on tonight you know i'm doing great i can't complain um first and foremost i'm sure somebody's uh hit on this already what are we doing with three basketballs on the statue? Um, there was somebody sent me a I think you can leave clip that I mean, it's just I mean, the thing about Mark Cuban and I love and hate Mark Cuban, but he can't do anything without making it weird. It'll it'll you know, it, it, like the neck was actually much more uncomfortable for me than the three balls, because I, I made a joke where I was just like, this is why Dirk is a top. You know, he scored 30,000 points because every time he shot and it went in, it was worth six points. Like that was like that was my justification for it. Like, I don't know what the fuck was going on there. And then the neck, like it looked like a hobbit neck. I need somebody to clip that and just use it completely out of context would be priceless. Um <laughs> Anyways, I have zero thoughts on the game whatsoever. Couldn't have mattered to me whether they won by 40 or lost by 40. Couldn't have bothered me. Um, I do have a couple of uh, personal Dirk stories if you want to. You're uh, like 17 years old. How the fuck do you have Dirk stories? No, go ahead, of course. 23, 23. Let's take it easy now. Um, So first one, it was Dirk's last year. And I had tickets to the game against the Pelicans where he would eventually pass Will. Got them for Christmas that year and like had no idea it was coming. Had no idea. So I'm sitting at home on spring break and I'm watching the game. I remember it clearly. It was against the Cavs the couple nights before. And it's Dirk just going crazy in the fourth quarter. Made like four threes or something. It was absurd. I just remember sitting there on my couch thinking to me, oh, no, please don't break this record now when I have tickets to the very next game. And so luckily he came up like three or four points short and so got there super early to the next game and everybody's there in their dark stuff. One of my favorite atmospheres I've ever been a part of in a, uh, in a, in a sports environment. It was, it was so awesome to be there live for that. It was uh, a top sports moment for me. That's a really good one. I only went to a couple of games in the – I graduated high school in 2002, so I must have gone to three or four games in 
the early, but I, I, the first real, like the first game I've been to in, uh, American Airlines Center was when they got the shit kicked out of them by the Pelicans <laughs> earlier this, <laughs> earlier this year. So it's like, I don't really have any grit, man, but I, I do like that. I, 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 I always made a point when I lived in Washington, DC, I would go see dirt games and I was always by the tunnel. Um, that was pretty neat, but I never, it, the last game where I tried to get like almost floor seats, my wife and I spent way more money. Um, Dirk didn't play, which was kind of sad. Mark Cuban came and took uh, some of my son's popcorn. That was fun. I oh, like well. that story though. That's fun. Thanks for, uh, I really, I really enjoy that Tyler. Of course. And, uh, you know, it's so crazy. Like Dirk is ours. Like nobody can take him from us. He is, he is Dallas. And it was it was as much as it was his moment tonight. It was our moment yes. tonight to celebrate him, and yes. it was it w- couldn't have gone any better. Well, thank you for joining, Tyler. I'm glad you got to to partake. How are you feeling these days? Your leg all right? Oh yeah, we just started jogging yesterday. We are on the road to recovery. Hell yes, my man. Yeah, whereas me, I went back to Orange Theory this month, and then my foot started hurting, and I think I'm gonna have to amputate. Myself. Uh, well, that'll happen. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to go to the doctor. Just going to chop it off myself. All right, Tyler. Thanks so much. Hope you come back uh, maybe Friday. Not sure if I'm going to be on, but I'll try to. All right. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me. Sure thing, buddy. Coming up next. Ooh, man. Man with the hat. Jason Gallagher. How are we doing, friend? What's up, dude? I'm feeling good. Your your profile photo is remarkably serious for being in a uh, where 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 was this photo taken? Was it a uh, you know? Uh, yeah, it was a local. It was a local uh, place called Target, and they were selling hats. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Yellowstone, so you know, I'm just going with I'm just going with the, the vibe here. You know? I was gonna make a Burlington coat factory, but I'm drunk enough so I don't remember. You're drunk. This is great. Yeah. I'm so glad I joined this. You know, I'm sad. What's going on? Yeah, tell me, yeah. tell me your thoughts on the night because I was, I was like crying, like surprisingly grown, emotional. Grown man, ugly crying. It was great. Yeah, surprisingly emotional, and you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything that's like just, just any sort of rarity or anything like that. I mean, I think that the night went about as perfect as it could possibly go. Um, without the three balls, I mean, we can leave that for a whole other discussion. I mean, imagine being in a pitch room and you're like, okay, we got the, we got one of the most iconic, stoic sort of, uh, sort of, uh, moves from a player that, that literally is it, like his move is made for a statue. How can we really mess this up? And, and that, that, uh, I just commend the Mavericks because they always. Well, 63 year old men wearing skinny jeans will often find a way. <laughs> well, let me, let me just say that is all well and good to make fun of, but they did it. They did a nice job tonight, um, with the presentation and everything Great like that. Production. The team was awesome. And, and, and I'll, I'll say this because sometimes I come on this thing and I, and, and I get negative with you. Um, but, but I'll say that the one thing that kind of has this team has that is, is sort of like a non, um, uh, it's sort of like a, uh, intangible. That's just a little weird. And I think it's that they play really well on big stages, the, this team or this, the collection of group that that's been together for the last two or three years. And I, that's the, that's an encouraging sign tonight. I was like, fully expecting to lose and to like go into this ceremony feeling super weird. And, uh, it just went about as good as it could possibly go. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to deal with this because 
Your favorite player, Maxi Kleba, yeah. shot one of nine from the floor, yeah. zero of seven, three. Yeah. He did have 10 rebounds, and yeah. he had one really kick-ass block. Like, if you go look at just the Mavs box score, it it's is. Cool. But the effort was there, and we, we saw it. Um, and, and, and that sort of leaning into the game was, or so the ceremony was just amazing. I'll say that the highlight of the ceremony was, was, uh, Dirk started talking about 2011. It was like he was talking and they did a cutaway and I'm like emotional through this whole ceremony. Okay. They do a cutaway to the 2011 Mavs and my wife just out of nowhere goes, I would leave you so fast for Tyson Chandler. And I was Same. like, Wow, it's fucking taking me while I'm down. What is this? And yeah, so that was probably my favorite moment of the whole I mean, story. I, I just looked at her like, what a weird time to say that. Like the 2011 Mavericks are really shocking. JJ Barea has children with not one, but two Miss Universe winners. <laughs> not just contestants, winners. Like yeah. there's some real what the fuck going on with that whole match team. Like looked like somebody ate Karan Butler. That was odd. Um, well, Brendan he- Hayward is such a handsome man. He was on NBA TV talking stories. It was really great. Brian Cardinal looking the exact fucking same. Like, Dude, how is and, that and, man? And if, you're, if you're like a, if you're somebody who got into the NBA, say when like, you know, the Warriors era or whatever it might be, and then you watch this ceremony for some reason, and you were just like, who the hell is sitting? Who it, this this collection of human beings won a title? It's like Jan Mahimi and Brian Cardinal and Brennan Hayward. It, Haywood. It, that is that is like really really like it just it, I don't know. It it speaks volumes to the sort of like the the I, I don't know what Carlisle did around Dirk and how everybody just sort of knew their roles. I mean, it it is still to this day just like a a fairy tale Disney movie. I mean, if you were still a strange video maker, I would I would beg you to do like an Ocean's 13 getting the gang together type video of the Mavericks because they I mean the team didn't make any sense. You're you're no. a thousand like they were all in the right place place in their career to win something, but yeah. It still is odd in retrospect. Like that's why, like, like hearing Sean Marion get like angry about how the team was disrespected almost ten years later brings such a warmth to yeah. my Grinchy heart. Ugh. Oh no, totally. And and I think that the you know Dirk is very kind to the media, and you know he he sort of says it makes it made him better. But you know even even in Dallas, Dallas was quite 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 mean to the Mavericks. Leading into 2011. I, I oh, yeah, because really everybody good. around here likes the fucking Cowboys. What do they know about anything? Yeah, well, not just that. They were called, remember, they were called the one and done boys and this whole thing. And, um, because they just, they just, uh, didn't seem to have it. And so, yeah, I don't know. There was, there was something special about it. Um, Jason Terry being, not being there really made me sad because today, earlier today, you asked me yesterday, I did the podcast and you, and I had gotten, I had like a 10 minute notice and, you're asking me some very heavy questions, like favorite Dirk memories, etc. But I really, I really do love some of the like quirky off the court moments. Um, and there was one in particular, a press conference with Jason Terry and Dirk, where Jason Terry had gone off, and he had mentioned that he wasn't even really looking at the basket or he couldn't see the rim. I think that's what he said. And Dirk just like put his hands in his head and so, and like almost like I cannot believe you just said that out loud. Uh, and that 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 was just a, a favorite memory of mine. 
Yeah, I really, yeah, you really got that kick-ass podcast going. Go listen if if you haven't fan uh, out there who who are listening to this. It was ninety minutes of me badgering my friends on short notice about Dirk <laughs> memories, and it was it just it it. It's again, I mean, I, I've had a shitty two years as all of us have, and it's just straight endorphins. But Jason, yeah. you are, as always, one of the best people. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk with you soon. Coming up next, John, you've been waiting for a while. I apologize. How are we doing, John? John, there we go. What's going on tonight? Thanks for, thanks for the chance to come up. Absolutely. I, you know, the, the wonderful part about this platform is no one cares how long we go because everyone, like, look how many people are hanging out in this room on, on a Wednesday. And it's, uh, it's one o'clock in the morning for me on the East Coast, oh. but it's Dirk. So I'll stay up all night long for Dirk. Well, let's talk. What do you got? I just wanted to say, I wanted to come back to something I think you were talking about earlier, which is, uh, the, the, the journey of Dirk is really like the journey of life. And you've been making this point a bunch, I think, in, in the lead up about all the milestones in your life and how they track with Dirk's career. And somebody brought up Michael Jordan earlier, and I thought, and, and that came up in the ceremony about uh, in the 90s, it was the Europeans want to be like Mike, and then later they want to be like Dirk. And I think something about Dirk's career just made it seem so relatable to our own lives and milestones in our own lives and the the peaks and the valleys that he experienced are completely unlike I think some of what other superstars go through and uh and I think that that is I I think also the um you know growing up in Dallas the other thing is people forget how awful the Mavericks were in the 90s and and this this jubilation that we might actually be good in that Utah series and and kind of going on that journey God, with him you, that, that whole way. It was unbelievable. I mean, I mean, we were coming off like five years before that, what, a 12-win team or something like that, and to have any hope whatsoever. I remember how ecstatic everyone was when the jerseys changed. It was like turning a new leaf. Now we've had them for, for far too long. But I just wanted to, to chime in and, and echo you. You know, um, we all have uh, those signposts and, and – um, and I remember when we won the championship, my dad had uh, had been battling cancer. And so, you know, seeing Dirk up there tonight, is just it's like your whole life flashes before your eyes. And I don't think there's another athlete who could who could do that for you. And uh, just grateful for, for the chance to share in the memories with you. Thank you, John. That's absolutely wonderful. Appreciate you coming on. I hope you come back. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I have stolen from Joseph Campbell, and I keep referring to the basketball hero's journey that is Dirk Nowitzki because he played 12 years before he won his championship with the same team. That shit does not happen. Uh, it certainly won't happen anymore. I'm, I, it's just it's too hard. Like, It's why I get so angry about what the Mavericks have done with Luka and farting around because the pressure on him is not fair. All right, coming up next, DJ. I think DJ went to the game tonight. Hit that unmute button. Hey, Kirk. Can I can. You, you sound great. I can. You sound great. So um, I just wanted to mainly talk about Dirk. That's what we're all talking about. Come closer to the mic. Come closer to the mic. This better? No, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Hang on one second. This is really great audio. No, it's great. No, it's great. 
You sound better. Okay. Uh, so I was saying, what I was going to say was, um, you know, just my, I think my favorite Dirk memory was uh, actually probably my first uh, Dirk game that I went to was, uh, it was the championship year. And uh, we were playing, we were playing the Clippers. This was the game where Jason Terry and J.J. Barea had that weird argument on the bench. And then uh, Jason Terry just, he didn't come back in the game after that. Um, but watching that game and actually getting to see Dirk for the first time, um, it was really, it was really cool. And just to watch him ever since, I think, 2001, since I first started watching Dirk. Um, and just just to see how his career unfolded and how he matured and became the player he became and became the man that he he became it was just it was inspiring and it, I just I can't thank him enough for that and having a, a real like sports hero to look after or look up to it's really something I, I, he's just such And uh, I think um, one one of my lowest points um, while watching Dirk all of, uh, throughout the years was um, was seeing him <clears throat> win the MVP and just be like, mm, I don't deserve this. Our team just got thraxed by the eighth seed. I, I don't I don't think I deserve this. And it just as bad as it felt for him, it felt bad for me because. He he did earn that MVP and he you know he was a special player, but he just you know he had a lot of downs along with the ups in his careers. But the downs were also um, were also heartfelt with the fans and myself included, just because fans and Dirk alike. I mean, it it was all tied together, and it's just you know it's it's an amazing feeling, even when he goes through or he went through the things that he went through um, that may not have been, you know, the most enjoyable throughout his career. It was, you know, just, you felt it as, as he would feel it. You know what I mean? I mean, a hundred percent. Dirk is just, I'm getting a terrible echo for you, DJ. I'm sorry. You didn't mute. It's just, it's, as he, I don't mind repeating myself. There's times when I'm like bitching about how much the Mavericks suck, <laughs> where I'm just like I'm tired of this. But when I could talk about Dirk, I could just <clears throat> I could just kind of continually do it because he is our dude. Um, there's a lot of of things with you know various superstars where you know we just we just don't get that from basketball anymore because these guys have the opportunity and they should absolutely take it to go where they want to go. But the fact that Dirk was ours and he chose repeatedly to keep coming back is something that I will have a hard time explaining, I think, in the years to come with my sport. No, yeah, 100%. Like, there's there's no one like him anymore, and it's just, you know, times have changed in, in, in the league now. No one... No one stays with one team for their whole careers, and it's just... it's It's special to see and to celebrate someone like him. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. I hope you come back. Yeah. Thanks for having me up, Kirk. Have a good one. We'll figure out audio with everybody in the future. It's not a big deal. All right. Coming up next, Mr. Dang.
a uh, longtime Mavs fan, for those of you guys who haven't listened to the show lately, uh, you tell when was the first Mavs game you went to? I love this is my. Is the audio going to work for you tonight? I have to kick in. Oh, can you hear me? Correctly? There we Sorry go. Sorry about that. Uh, second grade back in uh, the second season, they they came aboard. Nineteen eighty two. Nineteen eighty two. Yes, sir. That's incredible. I love this. Yeah. Anyway. How- uh, really extremely tired, but working on endorphins. Uh, it's just, a you know, I had to stay in for this podcast without a doubt, because no matter how tired I am, because this was a special night, because uh, I wanted to honor Dirk and wanted to hang around and talk mouths with you guys. You know, the biggest thing that a lot of people don't understand, Dirk was so far from going back to Europe after his first season. He, he had to be talked into coming back. This is a true underdog story about how somebody was beaten down and who chose to come back. Every year he came back for more punishment. Every year he got better. His game was impressive. You know, you know, it, it was amazing. The kind of loyalty that, that's being shown, I don't think it'll ever be sacrificing his salary so many years and then putting up with all the, you know, stupidity of Cuban. Yeah, that's the one thing that scares me, like you're saying, you know, that you mentioned about what's going to happen to Luca. You can't trust in Cuban to to handle, the, you know, the, the upcoming future with Luca. Uh, it scares me. I want to relish this moment, but it scares me to death. I get it. I mean, I'm going to choose to focus on the other things later. You know, it's it's if only Cuban could care this much about off season <laughs> as he does about retirement ceremonies, but you know, maybe we'll deal with. Oh yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to, you know, throw in my two cents and everything. I'm, I'm extremely tired, but I'm so happy, you know, for a Mavericks win. And I can't believe we're still hanging in the, uh, the playoff chase here. Our seating has just improved. Unbelievable. Yeah. Sometimes it's about hanging around. Um, it's kind of been the story of my life. <laughs> just don't, just don't, just, you know, you just got to kind of make it work and then maybe they'll be okay. I'm not really sure what will happen. I mean, if the match like collapse tomorrow and then if they become the fourth seed, neither option. Uh, oh yeah. I'll still be a hardcore fan no matter what, you know, I just, I just have to relish what I can, you know, that's some sweet memories of an improbable Cinderella season from a Cinderella person, you know, I mean, it's just, shocking how far he's, he came. I mean, I don't think people realize, you know, how far he truly progressed. I get it. I get it. It's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to take in with the way the basketball media flows these days. Well, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Looking forward Talk to you soon. Get some rest. You sound tired. I'm tired too, but I'm kind of hopped up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a few more people. Uh, my man Ben has been waiting for a while. Ben, what's going on? Hit that unmute button there at the bottom. It's right next to requests when you're out of the chat. Well, Ben, we'll give you another try here in a little bit if you're able to come back up. Josh, what's going on? Josh, hit that unmute button. Gotcha, gotcha. They did it for the Diggler. It was nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, 
I guess the thought that I had, um, first off, Happy New Year. Hello, everybody. Uh, the first thought I had was these last games, do you think that the defense has been as stifling as the opponent's scores would suggest? Or do you think that we just faced some opponents that were having terrible nights? Oh, great question. Probably more the former, but that makes me an asshole. And I don't know how to really, <laughs> you know, because it's just like sometimes shit happens. It's like I've watched the same group of guys suck ass at defense for three years. Are you telling me they're all of a sudden good now? No. <laughs> did you get, did you have renewed Finney Smith love pangs tonight? I mean, it's killing me, man. I was talking trash about our man Dorian Finney-Smith in the Mavs Moneyball Slack, and then he was one of eight and was like a human. He was like a human flaming garbage can, and then he proceeded to zit five of his next seven, play incredible defense, and just like fly all over the place. So I don't even know what to do. My my main problem with Dorian is that I've watched him so much now that I don't know how to like judge. Yeah, I mean, Luca in the in his post game seemed to say some, you know, he thinks he's the best defender in the NBA, Kirk. I mean, sure, and I'm the best podcaster in the NBA. <laughs> you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I I've been I've been listening to you for a while, and and I don't think I've really missed any of these uh, shows or green. And you are a a you do, glutton you a for job. punishment, job. I'm a I'm a 23 year Mavericks fan that has never lived in Dallas. So you're yeah, okay. You're a hero. You're not like some of the 23 year Mavs fan. Do you hear that? Some of you 23 year old assholes out there. No, I'm kidding. Josh and I love you. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm 46, so it's not it's not outlandish. But but yeah, the only thing I have to add, um, and I'll let other people get up, is that when the Mavericks. Um, won the championship through that entire playoff run. I watched the whole playoff run on tour, and I was on tour in Germany for the entire finals. And I remember being, uh, where were we? Oh, a small town called Gerlitz. It's actually where they filmed Inglorious Bastards. And yeah, and I, and that was the night. They won, but in Germany, it was like, I don't know, four or five in the morning. It was light out, and I was just drinking beers in Gerlitz, walking on the street, crying. You know, because it well, you know, it was real, you know, it felt like a, a long path to be with this team. So it was awesome. That's my story. Uh, keep, keep up the good work. Nice talking to you, Kirk. You too, buddy. We'll talk soon. I hope you come back to, uh, a little later in the week. Well, guys wonderful part about group therapy is we all get to speak our feelings. If anybody else wants to come up, you have a second more to hit their request button. Otherwise, I am going to go to bed. We've had a great time. Come to MazinMoneyBall.com. We're doing mediocre to outstanding work, depending on your point of view. Uh, oh, Ben's going to try again. Ben, how are we doing? Hit that unmute button there at the bottom. And we are struggle button, Ben. You're killing my vibe. That's okay. That's okay. We'll figure it out another day.
come to masmoneyball.com. We have a number of articles, a number of posts. We'll see how things go. Uh, we were going to have a good time. Uh, I will be back probably Friday because there's another game. And uh, what else am I going to do with my life other than watch Mavs basketball? We will talk uh, a little later. Everybody remember to pay everything forward. Um, it's just good to be kind. It's really my thought for the day. Love you guys. Be good.